Hello, and welcome to the Reach or Miss Show, the podcast for the customer-focused entrepreneur, where Hayut Yogev speaks with entrepreneurs for entrepreneurs about reaching or missing the critical point of approaching the right customer with the right message at the right time and place. The point where business success starts. And here is your host, Hayut Yogev. Rich Arms, episode 190. Hey, my riches, I'm Hayut, and this is the Rich or Miss new episode, like every Monday morning. My guest today saved the financial future of his family from a very young age together with his brother and sister and says, we do one thing quickly. That's our success. It's called focus. And this is the most important law of marketing. By the way, the most difficult law of marketing is the law of sacrifice. You have to give up something in order to get something. Both laws are from the best marketing book I've ever read, 22 Immutable Laws of Marketing, Iris and Jack Trout. Most entrepreneurs are trying to do everything well. You can't. You need to decide what is the one thing your business will focus on and sacrifice the others. Let's listen to this very unique story of Michael Nomura. But before that, I recommend you to check out our limited 5 days VIP launch offer of our new online course, Entrepreneurial Marketing Success. The proven formula to go from your big idea to an ongoing growing customer base and revenue in 2 months. So, go to entrepreneurialmarketingsuccess.com and check it out. Michael Nemuro is the CEO and co-founder of Rush Order Tees, a fast-growing e-commerce custom t-shirt printing and apparel company. Founded in 2002, when Michael was only 17, with his brother and sister, Rush Order Tees specializes in screen printing and embroidering services from everyone, from teams to small businesses to Fortune 500 companies. Over the past 18 years, the company has focused on the customer experience by streamlining the entire process with its innovative design studio, incredible service, and the quickest deliveries in the industry. Michael Namura, hi! What a pleasure to have you here. Thanks for having me, Hayut. It's so good that you are here. I just shared with our listeners what you've done until now. And I would like to ask you to share with us what are you doing and most passionate about today and where are you heading? Uh, sure. So, you know, being in this pandemic is probably what I'm most passionate about, getting the business uh, back in shape from, you know, the huge decline we saw at the beginning of this. Uh, you know, essentially when the NBA shut down, we lost 80% of revenue. Oh. Yeah. So that, that, was, that was a big hit. And that was probably you know, one of the scariest points um, we've ever had in the business's lifespan of, of 18 years. So, but we've come back uh, steadily and, pr- and pretty quickly, all things considered. And it's, you know, get, getting people back into the company because we had to reduce headcount from probably 280 to about 100 people. Oh, 
um, at the time, but now we're, we're, we're back up to 260, um, wow. people. Yeah. So we've been lucky because, um, we're an e-commerce business. There's a lot of shopping online and a lot of current events as well. And you know, there's a lot going on in the world. So people are ordering custom t-shirts for, you know, a variety of, you know, current event driven reasons and just personal and business reasons. So, um, we're back up and running, you know, we're every, we've taken every safety, you know, precaution necessary in the facility and everyone's pretty happy to be back as well. So that's, that's what I've been focused on most recently, I guess, over the past six to nine months. And where are you heading? Where do you want to go? Well, where we want to go is we just want to be, you know, the most trusted place where you can get custom t-shirts and custom printed apparel. And I think that, you know, we've made huge improvements over the past nine months to not only shore up the, the company for a full facility shutdown like we experienced during the pandemic, but um, to, you know, we're now going to be able to deliver even faster than we were just because we've actually had a lot of time to spend on the technology and, you know, imp- increasing the capacity of the, you know, the production facility. So right now we're, we're basically just trying to do blocking and tackling better. So you use these last months to improve? Yeah, it's, it's focused us quite a bit on the important, but really just refining our printing and delivery and quality has been really the focus during this time. So tell us, what is the business and how did it start and how did your career start? Tell me a bit about that. Sure. So this is probably... My third of maybe third business that I started and I actually, you know, the business started out of, at least my business career started out of necessity when I was really young because my parents had, you know, a successful business at one time. They were clothing designers and that's actually, you know, how they met. My dad was a clothing designer and, you know, my mom was his agent, which means she oversaw the production of the, you know, the product that he would make. So it was once successful. And then over the course of time, they bought up their business partner, started getting into new business lines. And then it started struggling financially because they made some decisions that, you know, caused them to have financial uncertainty. And at the age of probably nine, my mom sat me down and said that, <laughs> you know, we're, the business isn't doing well. And we don't know if you're going to be going to the same school anymore. And wow. the house that we live in is, you know, we're not sure if we're going to live here anymore. So, you know, at that, when that happens, you know, imagine, yeah, that's really tough. So that was, that, that really made me pretty aware of what was going on. I would, you know, I I started just questioning a lot of things and mainly, you know, how do I make money or how is my family going to be able to get us out of this? And, you know, really looking to my parents, but they just continued to struggle for probably the next decade. And in the meantime, you know, my brother started selling stuff online and on eBay and he was doing anything he could and he was helping in the warehouse, uh, pick and pack orders. I would go in and I would cut down cardboard boxes and help clean up the warehouse. But what I noticed was like, it was kind of, we were just kind of like working. I, I, I knew we weren't going to get anywhere in this business that it was just so big. And the, I can see that even the employees weren't, weren't even, they weren't managed well. And my dad wasn't a manager. He's more of a designer and sales guy. And my mom is just more of a doer. So the business just kind of tried to manage itself, but that's not how that business works. No. Um, so um, we continue to like work and try to help them. And then when 13, when I'm 13, my brother comes home with homework and it's to, to, to basically retype something. And I, I retype it for him because he didn't want to do it. And I asked him what it was and he said, oh, you just type, you just 
typed HTML, which is for a website. Hmm. So just save it as .html, and then you'll see what you just did. And I do that, and as soon as I do that, I was like, this is, this is awesome. Like, I just made a website. I'm 13, and I can put anything wow. out that I want into the world. And, you know, to me, that was amazing that I could do that. And, I was, and I'd already been, like, a computer geek. I'd always been playing computer games. So, like, I, it was natural for me to just be on the computer. So everything I did then just started was a website. My homework was a website. Like, I wouldn't do it in Word. I would do it on <laughs> a website. HTML. <laughs> yeah. So, and it got to the point that, so, so that was like the skill set that I had started developing that eventually turned into me learning how to communicate with webmasters online, trade traffic, and then start getting to affiliate marketing. Okay. And in doing affiliate marketing, that was kind of what I saw as our way out because within probably two, three months, I was able to make enough money to pay for the mortgage for the house. Wow. And the number that my mom would always tell me that they needed was $5,000. So after like, yeah, probably after a few months, I said, I gave my mom a check for $5,000. And wow. as soon as I gave her that check, she, well, A, she didn't understand. And B, she started crying. <laughs> so mm. when she started crying, I was like, wow, this is like really important. And it really means a lot to my mom. So I just kept doing that and learning more and more and more until, you know, I, I kept making 5000 Eventually, I was making 15000 a month. But um, I told my mom at one point, I'm like, I'm not going to, we're not going to pay for the mortgage anymore. We're going to let this house get foreclosed on and we're going to save the money because this is eventually going to go anyway. And we don't need this big of a house to live anyway. So, so that's kind of how I got started. It was really just like the combination of being on the computer, being a fast typer, getting lucky that my brother took the first design course and didn't want to do his homework and gave it to me. And then I turned yeah. it into affiliate marketing and, you know, I had a need to, to make money because that, that's what we needed to survive. So that, that's where it all started. And then wow. it turned what into, yeah. So, hmm. and then it turned into my dad was kind of done, uh, you know, shutting down his business with my mom. And then he wasn't really doing, he was actually, you know, it's, it's pretty upsetting after you've had two decades of, you know, business that you grow that eventually ends up bankrupt. So for him, that was like a big hit. And I guess he was kind of depressed. And then his friend said to him, Hey, Alan, that's my dad's name. You're great at sales. I have a business that, you know, I, I, I do $400,000 in revenue a year. You're a great sales guy. Come on the road with me door to door. We'll sell to pizza shops and restaurants. I'll show you exactly how it works, where to get the shirts, where to get them printed. And you can be making money this week. And my dad initially just wasn't in the mindset to do it. And then my brother pushed him to do it. And he actually got in the car with them. And then in the first like two days, they sold three different places. I think it was like a car wash and two restaurants making like $1,500. Wow. And I was like, wow, that's awesome. And I was seven. At this time, I'm like 16 or 17. And what I was doing was kind of drying up. And they were just getting this new thing started. And I was like, that, that's pretty cool. You made, you made money very, very quickly. So that, that's, it was a combination of all those things coming together. And how did uh, this current uh, business started? So that's the t-shirt business, which is today it's Rush Order Tees. So I took what they were doing uh, door to door and I said, let me take it online. And being that I was basically good at conversion rate optimization, I launched a website. I launched a marketing campaign on yellowpages.com. Hmm. And I risked, I, forget, I think it was like $3,000. And I was like, all right, let's just risk it, see what happens. 
and the website just said rush order tees need t-shirts quick and there's a blinking phone number and the problem was is that we started getting phone calls but i was very very introverted like i i never talked to anybody who mm-hmm. i didn't know on the phone <laughs> so mm-hmm. as soon as that phone started to ring like i was so nervous getting those calls i would actually take the calls outside in the backyard or in a room by myself but you know eventually i got over that but that that was the entry into taking custom t-shirts online because it was, it was usually a localized business where you would go to a t-shirt shop and you would you would meet with the guy and he would tell you when you get them and you'd work out the design with him. So going online was very different. So for it to to start working almost immediately in terms of getting sales was you know it was great to see. Hmm. And where is it today? Is it all the same? I mean, it's not it's not the same at all. Um, just that you know when we started, it was me, my younger sister, and my older brother, and my parents. And today it's really uh, me operating the business. And what was once in our house and our garage that we were getting foreclosed on and we were printing in a small room, which was probably not legal at the time because we had heaters and stuff and chemicals and a five person business is now, you know, almost a 300 person business operating out of Northeast Philadelphia. We're probably one of the biggest production facilities in the country. And the, the hard thing about our business is everything was custom. Even every solution was custom. Like we had to build software from the ground up. The design studio that everyone that you know the majority of our customers design on where you can design upload your logo add text and you know there's even you know a hebrew option on there just mm-hmm. to type in hebrew um, <laughs> so all that had to be developed and thought of by us that was all our brainchild in terms of you know figuring out the way to get there so it's it's a much bigger business and you know we focus on delivery and quality first and foremost so it's very different do you like it So <laughs> I like it. I love yeah. it. I love it. I love That's where we good. came from. Yeah. That's great. You're an entrepreneur and I want to ask you what would be your best advice to any entrepreneur that listens to us right now regarding their customer focus or anything that has to do with approaching their customers because that's what usually entrepreneurs are failing for. On the customer side? Like yeah. they're... Yes. And you said... That's where they like struggle. That's where they like struggle, and most of the failures coming from there. That's what entrepreneurs are saying when they have yeah. to tell what is the number one reason for their failure. So I would like to ask you for your advice regarding customer focus or customer approach. Yeah, so for us, um, today, what I would tell you about how we feel about the customer, I mean, they, they are the business. Without them, there is no business. So, and in the custom business, it's, it's especially important because someone actually made something and they designed it and they thought about it and they checked with people and they spent time on it and then they saved it. So in the custom business, the person who's making it has a vision for exactly what they want the final product that's in their hands to, to look and feel like. So, It's really important for us like we, we've had to take a, a very customer centric approach from the beginning otherwise anything we delivered would have consequences where the customer would be upset we'd have to reprint them we'd both spend money or the company would spend money getting it to them reprinting it for free so you know that's the right thing to do and we were also forced to do that from the very beginning yeah. um, but you know I guess there was a, another part of the question I think you asked which is like was it about like how to get started or what Or what would be your best advice to any entrepreneur? So the thing that, like, so I have a lot of friends who will ask me, like, will run business ideas by me. 
And the the problem, like, I like that they're excited about it, but the problem is, is some of their ideas take like a million dollars or something. Mm. In some cases, there's one friend who every idea he has costs a minimum of a billion dollars <laughs> to get yeah. to it. And I'm like, these aren't like real things that I could ever do with you. And just because I'm good at technology doesn't mean I'm going to go make it with you. But in, in Rush Order Tees, my dad was able to prove the concept in like two days that you can make $1,500. So what I would say is just sell something or have a proof of concept that's cheap and quick. Otherwise, you could waste years and hundreds of thousands of dollars trying to prove something that, you know, might have just been an, an idea that might not have been worth, you know, you spending time or money on. Love this uh, advice. I think it's uh, an original one. And uh, <laughs> what is your biggest, most critical failure with customers? The one that affected your entrepreneurial journey the most or almost the most? So for me, I guess... We're in a business, Rush Order Tees, where customers are coming to us online, maybe because their local guy, I guess even initially when we started the business, their local guy couldn't do it in time because they called too late. Basically, the customer procrastinated or the local company that promised them that they would have the shirts in two weeks called them last minute and said, I can't do it. So Rush Order Tees became uh, the site where you would go if you need something last minute for one of those two reasons. And when we were growing the business, the problem was is that we overpromise. We, we would tell too many customers that we would, be, we would be able to hit their deadline. And we actually didn't know that we weren't able to because we just didn't have enough production capacity. But we were really young. Like I was 17 at the time and I thought mm -hmm. I could work around the clock, which I did, which my sister did. She was basically like she wouldn't go to school and she mm -hmm. would be crying, being like, I have oh. homework to do. And it's two in the morning and I'm like, well, we have to print shirts. <laughs> Otherwise, <laughs> these, you know, this is going to not, you know, we promise these customers. So I guess just like over promising and under delivering is a real, real issue because, hey, you didn't have to do that. You didn't have to say you could, you could do something you couldn't do. But I, I also think it's a part of growing. So you're never going to get it 100%. So it's better to over promise in the initial phases of the business and make it up to your customers you know, in an honest way where you're giving them some money back or you're, you're communicating with them. But to, I, I, would, I think it's, it's good and bad initially. But today, we never overpromise. We, we always underpromise and overdeliver. <laughs> but back then, mm -hmm. I think it is good for growth to, to do it that way at, mm -hmm. at a small yeah. scale. Yeah, it's, it's an interesting point of view that uh, it's not only a bad thing, overpromising. I like that. <laughs> and now... I want you to tell us the story of your greatest, most significant success as a result of the right customer focus or something you did right about approaching your customers. So what we did right was like we do one thing, which is custom T-shirts and apparel quickly. <laughs> so mm. like our concept is fairly simple. We didn't really innovate in terms of the industry itself like making something new, but we, we brought something to the industry that it didn't have because, so we just deliver when you need it. So if you called me today, Hayut, and said, Hey, I need, sh I need 300 shirts tomorrow. Like right now it's 5, 11 PM East coast time. I can mm -hmm. definitely get 300 shirts done by 8 PM when UPS comes tonight, because we have capacity to do that. Cause that, that's how the business was designed. Not, not even initially, it was just it was ultimately designed to allow for, you know, people who need something to get it when they need it. 
Um, so, so that's what we did well. Um, and we made it simple to understand that that's what we do. Wow. And do you have a specific story or it's yeah. a good story, but do you have any specific story? Uh, that relates to that? Well, the, so we sponsor the 76ers. So, and the 76ers do these things called like where they'll, where they'll dress the whole stadium, every single seat in like blue with, yeah. with a blue t-shirt and they'll call us and the, the, the stadium has like 26,000 shirts. So um, mm-hmm. one time they called us and I think the game was like on a Wednesday and they wanted 26,000 shirts printed front and back uh, by Wednesday. And they called us on a Monday. Sorry, they called us on Monday. So what that requires is, is an, like, it was unbelievable. I mean, we were running, we ran 24 hours with, I think, six machines. And like, eventually we, we got it done, but that is a huge order. And it just, but that, that's, that's what the business was built on. Like it is just, just delivering when someone needs it, even when we kind of don't even want to, like, I definitely didn't want to do that order, but they <laughs> needed it. <laughs> but, but that, that's, we, we say yes, we say yes to almost everything just, and my, you know, the team always, you know, will always figure it out. Hmm. Can you recommend the best, most effective technological or digital tool that's related to customer-focused marketing or sales? However, I'm not looking for the last shiniest tool in the endless list. I'm looking for something that really works for you and might work and help our listeners as well. So for us, we use Salesforce, which is a CRM tool. Sure. We had previously built one, but it, as a part of an order management system, because we had to build our own software for this space to, to manage our orders. But um, Salesforce really changed every, like a lot of the things we do on the sales and service side, because on the surface, it just looks like it's like a CRM, but it does everything. Like it, it can email with your customers back and forth. It keeps track of every single call that you make, every email that you make. It can automate processes. It can integrate with um, other tools like like we have an email tool that it integrates with that tells us when an email was sent from an automated email system so and you can make new pro- you can make new fl- like workflows in there that you can't just do with a, a system that you build um, yeah. unless unless it's built that way or like that a spreadsheet can't automatically send emails for you so you know on the service just like CRM, CRM but once again it's like it's a very powerful tool that's probably so for us in the example of of like why it's so powerful if it wasn't for salesforce our sales and service team which is probably like 50 people would probably be 100 people because of how much automation that it it has for us and how much it keeps um, information in one place that's fantastic i think i've been interviewing more than 170 people and I think it's the first time that somebody is talking about Salesforce. So <laughs> good for you. You brought it up. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. And uh, there are many factors that affect one's success. However, I do believe that for each of us, there is one factor that really made it for them, that really helps us succeed. And I want to ask you, what is your one key success factor? So I, I've known this for a while because my biggest like key factor to success is also my biggest weakness <laughs> because yeah, it, it's um, like, so my ability to focus on a problem and try to solve it is my, is my biggest, actually my strongest attribute. 
especially like in the situation when I was young, where, you know, my family has so much financial uncertainty. We don't know where we're going to live. I'm like, I want to see those friends again. So it's like, that's a big driver to keep you focused. And I think it just trained, trained that into me through, you know, through my career. Cause I, cause I'll work on it all day, all night. I'll dream about it. And that, that's how myopic I can get on solving, you know, or like focusing on something. But, and the other side of that is that like, because I'm focusing on that, like I won't text my friends back. I won't pick up phone calls. <laughs> like, uh, <laughs> you know, my social life will go out the window during that time. And, and, you know, in my career, that time frame has been like five years where, oh. I'll, where I'll do that straight. And then I'll, I'll hit my friends up five years later. I'll be like, yeah, I was, I was working on the business. Sorry. <laughs> so um, that's a problem. But I just forgot to, to call you for five years. <laughs> yeah. Like, hey, here I am. Here I, I'm back. I'm sorry. <laughs> so. I love it. And um, my final question, before I ask you what is the best way to connect with you, my final question is my mountain question. And as our listeners already know, I've been imagining this journey of marketing and later on the journey of entrepreneurship is climbing a mountain mm. step by step by step and then reaching the peak to the peak and then climbing to another peak. And at some point I started to ask my guests, and that's what I'm asking you, whether you ever climbed a mountain or wish to climb a mountain, Oh, do you have any relationships with mountains at all? Mm. And um, I did mean physical mountain at first, but now I allow the metaphor as well. So feel free. Yeah. So no, I never climbed a mountain. Um, <laughs> you you were I, busy I solving to... problems. <laughs> I was busy. I was a little busy. Yeah. For <laughs> it's been two decades. Um, but yeah. So, um, but I do want to someday, and I guess. The, you know, I guess I relate to that in the sense that what I relate to that is, is very similar to the journey that my family and I took, which was, you know, we had this, we had this mountain to climb. And in, in our case, the mountain is, you know, save the financial future of the family. It's a big and, one. Yeah. So that it's was, a high and, one. yeah. And it's, it was, and there's so much uncertainty because we, the, you know, we didn't know a lot about business we didn't have a lot of money um, at the time. We, so we really did kind of didn't have the tools. All that we really had was in this case, like the focus and the work ethic. And, you know, we had a mission to each other. Cause I said to my brother at one point, I said, Jordan, I said that, you know, I said, what happened to the family really sucks. <laughs> and I said, but we're going to work really hard because, you know, I don't want to settle. So that mission that we, you know, I guess it w- I would make it, you know, akin to this, you know, climbing a mountain, because once we, you know, made the pact to, to basically work really hard and try to save the family, you know, you can see that after five years, we were in a much better place. And after yeah. 10 years, even better, 15 years, just you wouldn't even believe looking back. And now mm-hmm. 18 or 19 years later, it's like, you wouldn't believe we started in the garage as teenagers. Mm-hmm. So um, it's very akin to that for me. And your parents probably very proud. Yeah, they are. They can't no. believe it. They walk around the business. So like, I don't even know what's happening around here. Cause there's, there's like hundreds of people walking around, like very focused on what they're doing. And my dad, when he was managing his business, he, he didn't like, he didn't manage this way. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah. So very yeah. different. Wow. Michael, what would be the best way to connect with you for any of our listeners that would like to be in touch? 
Yeah, so I, if you need t-shirts, uh, <laughs> you know, this week or you need them yesterday, you can definitely visit rushwatertees.com. You can design them online. You can call one of our reps. We're available seven days a week. And um, go to rushwatertees.com. And um, is there any way to reach you if somebody wants to uh, have your advice or to ask you regarding this interview? Sure. You can email me directly at mike at rushwatertees.com. That's great. We'll have all the links in the show notes of this interview. And Michael, I want to thank you so much for this interesting, fascinating interview. Such a great story. And uh, I really love that. So thank you so much. Thanks so much for having me, Ayut. It has been a pleasure. And take care. Take care. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Bye. And for you, our listeners, until the next time, it all goes down to this. You either reach or miss. Keep reaching your goals and vision. Bye. Thank you for listening to the Reach or Miss show, the podcast for the customer-focused entrepreneur. You can find all the information, links, and resources that was mentioned at the show in our website, reachormiss.com. See you next week.